0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: And Alex, I think you knew I was going to find a way to talk about this when you found out it happened. So just like, you know, we don't need to go over it that much. Um, But (laughs) I saw my first concert in I think six years last week. Yep. Um, and it it was for Carrie Underwood. And I know what you're thinking, guys. You're like, Craig, based on every little bit of your personality that we've milked out of this podcast of yours, you don't exactly seem like a Carrie Underwood guy. And to that I say, you're mostly correct. Um this was a, this was a gift for the family. And uh, we we drove an hour to go see Miss Underwood perform. And here's the second little fun little plot point that goes into this story. Is now I learned my parents listen to the podcast regularly. So now, oh no. whenever I tell a story that involves my family, it is the most trepidatious landmine tiptoeing because I know for a fact, even by saying this, I'm going to get a Google chat from my mom at like 1030 in the morning that's like, hey, just so, like she's defending herself to me on something that I made a joke out of. And I'm like, mom, it's not that deep. So,
1: so means- knowing your parents are regular listeners makes me want to really turn up the interprobes conversations.
0: Yeah. Okay. Really you want? Really are you just up. trying to drive them out? I just or- think it's funny. Okay. I think it's funny.
1: Spe- okay. Let's start off one. Um, including me, rank the three of her children, your mom's children. Oh, or you can put yeah. them, dad in here too. Of who <laughs> well, they're most. They have proud the of.
0: same number of children, so. We're yes. we're set there. I'm just gonna say,
1: your mom from your mom's perspective and your dad's perspective. Who are they most proud of? Rank me, you, and Andrew.
0: Oh wow, you know, Alex, a parent's pride <laughs> really comes from so many different facets, and they that uh, they you know they go in such like very different levels. Here, okay, here's how I'm gonna curveball this move right now. All right, I'm gonna change the question. All right, I think they're most proud of you for just general life achievements, got married, had some kids, have a career. Look at you go. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think they're most proud of me for like getting out of the house. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think they're just like, wow, got that one. You're good. Nailed it. Nice. Um, Yeah. And then I think they're most proud of Andrew for being like, you know, the kind of person that will go overseas for a year. You know, but the I whole military. That. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> I think hey, it was a we- bigger step for Andrew. Cause he had a choice.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say that we all are in our parents hearts for a multitude of reasons. And that's where okay. we shine the strongest.
1: And then for the continuation of the rest of this podcast, after each segment, I'm going to come up with another inappropriate question. Um, to probe our parents
0: okay yeah sure that sounds wanna, good um yeah
1: you want to talk about the movie though
0: yeah i know i brought up the concert it was i didn't have anything funny to say i was kind of hoping we would find some banter but okay we so did Carrie it. Underwood favorite no, song no 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 we Bubbly. found better no, banter Calais. we found better okay. banter within it so w- i just okay. want to like recognize it and we're moving on sure cool um but This is our first week in our Decades Month. Also, shout out to March. Our third
1: annual Decades Month.
0: Yes, absolutely. Shout out to March for starting on a Wednesday so we could really nail all five weeks in March. If you had started on almost any other day, we would be missing this opportunity. So the way Decades works is every week. We're going to jump a decade and watch a movie from that time period. We start in the 30s. We end in the 70s. This week, we are representing the 1930s of cinema with the classic King Kong. The 1933 King Kong. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, I mean, (laughs) I I don't know what to tell you. I guess you can skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code. 31 minutes. 40
0: seconds. So something that I noticed before we get into this is that technically, technically, Gone with the Wind did come out in 1940, and we did use it for our 30s month. It was one of those things where it did a limited release in December of 39, and then a wide release right. of January of 1940, and I that wouldn't have been a problem if it was any other year but they had to do it in 1939 like that. And listen, it's two years in the past. I just want to say I recognize the potential trip up that we could have in future literary and historic references. Um, but I'm just going to say it's listed as 1939 on IMDb. I'm going to count it.
1: Yeah, IMDb is how we base a lot of our podcast off of. So where we get taglines from, it's where we get known for, It's kind of just our reference. If you don't like it, take it up with them.
0: Yeah. Because what are we going to do? Further research? (laughs) No, thanks. We look at the first Um, thing we see and those are our facts.
1: Right. Yeah. Unless you want to be our intern.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I will find a way to make it. I will find a way to give you college credit for being like our producer assistant. I know. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, unpaid internship. Yes, you get of paid course. An experience. Um, and and honestly, even research. if we
0: did pay you, it wouldn't be very much. We do not have much to it, offer. You wouldn't like it.
1: And yeah. It'd be over Venmo. It's like this is not. This is not going to be official in any form or fashion. Okay. Yeah. Bill um, us. It's a dollar twenty-five an hour. Yeah. It's it's going to be rough, and there's going to be a limit to how many hours you can work. Okay. So let's not get carried away. Um anyways, Craig, this movie is old.
0: Yeah, almost 90 years old. And it looks
1: like it. It's it does. Fault, it really does. It really does. It shows. It shows and some when be when I say it doesn't age well, I mean that it sh- it looks like how old it is. When I say something aged pretty well, it usually means like the content aged well and or the special effects it visually looks well. This did uh, neither.
0: Yeah. Neither of it aged
1: well. Yeah. Um, and in their defense, um, the country was overtly racist at the time.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Going into this, I will say the thing I was most surprised by was how intensely it leaned on racial stereotypes. That was an aspect of this movie I was not anticipating and was, I'm going to say, unpleasantly surprised by. Yeah, I I
1: was not surprised. When it happened, I'm like, oh, this is the 30s. Forgot. That's a better way
0: to put it. It's like... I wasn't surprised when it happened. I just forgot that it was a thing that could happen.
1: Right. And to be honest, the racial stuff uh, wasn't the first thing to get you. It's the blatant misogyny, which again, it's... in their defense, is of the time.
0: <laughs> the movie starts. With <laughs> Basically, what I'm a saying lengthy... is, hate was
1: normal, so we can't take it personally. Uh,
0: the movie starts with. An unprecedentedly long conversation about how women don't belong in movies in Hollywood. And I don't think they were trying to make a satirical point about it. It felt pretty genuine.
1: Yeah, it was pretty weird. And she's like, it, it, there was a lot of dialogue about it. And it's brought up the entire movie. But so, also
0: blatantly thrown out the window sometimes because there's this character. Hey, Lord help me! I'm not going to get any of these characters. Hey, guess what? They're all oh, white dudes me. in various costumes with generic <laughs> names. Lord help me refer if I remember to them by who's occupation. Who. Yeah, and so there was one guy on the ship who was very against the fact that a woman is involved at all, and he. Tells her this frequently, like he will divert his course in his walking to be like, hey, the woman's over there. Let me go talk to her and remind her how she's a burden to the crew. And and then 10 minutes later, he's like, I think I love you and starts making out with her. And I'm like, all right, well, you listen, you didn't stand to your morals very intensely, man. You were easily
1: swayed. Do you remember this guy's (laughs) occupation? Was he the talent agent? Right.
0: I think so. Who am I thinking? Or this. Okay. Or this. Yeah. Or who, the production who knows? assistant or both. Um, like I said, unintelligible. Who could Who could possibly know?
1: <laughs> dude, this. Here are the main characters. You got lead actress. You got director. You got captain of the ship. And you got love interest slash talent agent. And that's. Yeah. That's the big guys. And then after that, there's like tribes, people, native. Na- I want to say native. Of some kind. Uh,
0: They're islanders. Indigenous the, people. Yeah. Because hey, let's run this back a sec. If you don't know the story <laughs> of King Kong. Uh basically this movie director, slash photographer, they use the word picture pretty interchangeably in a way that I'm not familiar with. I think with. that's
1: how they just refer to like film. Like we're gonna shoot film. This is gonna I can't wait to see it in the pictures. It's just how they refer to movies.
0: Yeah, and I know that. Like I know that like picture is synonymous for movie, but sometimes they would talk about a picture like a standing picture and I'm like, are you trying to get footage and a picture? Like it, their lingo was very confusing. Regardless, there's this director and he's like, I want to make a movie. And he's like, uh, I'm not going to so tell they- anybody
1: where it is or how long is it, how long are going to be there or what to pack except for guns, bombs, and gas (laughs) and
0: that's it yeah (laughs) there's this kind of there's this very funny scene where they're all bringing their luggage on board and everyone's like all right the guns i understand the camera equipment i understand the gas bombs though (laughs) that's a little weird Are, are you sure that you're allowed to have these and the director's like hey don't worry about it and they're like if you insist
1: Yeah, this director is known for being super eccentric. Like, the reason he shoots his own movies is because, like, the other guy was getting charged at by a rhino and didn't trust the director to protect him. So he's like, yeah, after working with undependable cameramen, I just do it myself now. So he's just, like, known for being this guy.
0: And we know as an audience member that... They're going to Skull Island because King Kong is there, and that's what the movie that he wants to shoot is about. He wants to use King Kong as a character in this eccentric movie he's making. And hey, guess what? It doesn't work out. Also,
1: it's almost it's weird because when he sees King Kong, he's surprised. I'm like, isn't that why we're here? Yeah. Isn't that the whole reason we're here? But he's like, no, he this is what this- we need to shoot. I'm like, bro, how come we're surprised by any of this?
0: Because he has this very detailed map where he's like, there's this ocean wall around here and this jungle that wraps around here. And this is our point of interest. We want to go to the Skull Mountain, the Mountain of the Skull, because there's a very specific thing that I want at the Skull Mountain. And so and we're like, King Kong, right? And then he gets there and he's like, ah, a giant monkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, Kong. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what were we here if we weren't for this? <laughs> Is there some other thing we should be here for? Also, there's no script. At yeah, all. <laughs> he picks an actress off the street the night before they leave, and he starts in a homeless shelter and couldn't find anybody pretty enough.
0: Like I have to imagine it's pure. They they do this purely because people didn't know how movies got made back then. They just kind of assumed that everybody walked onto a sc- onto a set and just figured it out and yeah and, you know they were able <laughs> to kind of play with that it uh it was a little obnoxious okay it, and the the actress of this movie hey i know her character name because she's the only woman on this cast list <laughs> the actress is Faye ray and the character's name is andaro and um she serves i cannot stress this enough no purpose other than a female body
1: And so it's someone that Kong is interested in and therefore bait the entire movie, a damsel in distress.
0: And part of the critique, the more I think about this movie, the more I think this movie was purposefully critiquing needing a woman in the movies. But for negative reasons, because the director, (laughs) like during his misogynistic rant, he's like, All these critics said that this movie would have been better if there was a love interest. Uh, I made a really good movie, but people didn't like it because there was a woman. And I said, screw it. This time I'm going to make a monster movie. But you know what? There's going to be a woman in it, so you're guaranteed to like it now. Aren't you happy now there's a woman in it? And I'm like, dude, calm down. It is not that deep,
1: bro. Yeah. So, she's just around for an undetermined amount of time. Like, you have no idea how long you're on the ship. They don't. We don't know how long it took to get, takes to get to the island. We don't know how long they're on the island for, and we don't know how long it takes them to get back to New York. But, somewhere in between leaving New York and getting to the island, she falls in love with the town agent. And I don't know if it's so much that she fell in love or that he fell in love with her and she figured, why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, it that- comes off <laughs> a lot more like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this female character, uh, you know, Anne is she, all she does is scream. It got to a point That's where half her lines, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think her screams outnumber her genuine verbal lines.
1: Yeah. And to the point where it's almost like it would have been s- better for her if they just reused her best screams. Cause yeah. she screams so much. I'm like. I mean, she didn't need to be on set half the time. It's just screaming.
0: And it's just kind of crazy how, like, that's deep enough for people to be like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, I do want to say I think this movie has a very funny uh, writing credit. Where uh, James Ashmore Creeland has the screenplay, Ruth Rose has a screenplay credit, and then Marion C Cooper has a writing credit, and it just says "from an idea conceived by." And these days we call that a we call that a story by credit. But <laughs> I just love the intricacy, like that, like Marion C Cooper just walked up and was like, "What if there was a giant monkey?" And everyone's like, "Write that down! Write that down!" <laughs>
1: yeah, be like, "Have you guys thought about?" getting there on a boat versus a train. They're like, golly, that changes the whole story. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, there's a love interest and then she gets kidnapped by the native people because um, white women are worth six native women <laughs> and uh. she gets stolen and then tied up as bait for Kong because they needed a sacrifice. Then Kong takes her Proceeds to fight half the freaking jungle. Yeah. Um, from And almost all of them are dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, guys, uh, that was a very important detail <laughs> that they kind of gloss over when we get onto the island. Is there are, in fact, dinosaurs. And I don't mean like, oh, weird lizard creatures. He fights a pterodactyl.
1: Yeah. There's a stegosaurus and a T-Rex. Okay. And then some serpent creatures and I think another snake. It, a lot goes on. A lot of dinosaurs and they're all trying to get Anne. And then he saves them from all these, um, you know, animals, dinosaurs. And then half the crew comes to rescue her. They get slaughtered. Just ripped to shreds. It's a bad look. Except for, you guessed it, the love interest. He rescues her because Kong is too busy just getting, you know, distracted, I guess. I don't remember exactly how he saves her. And then Kong gets very mad that uh, the, his woman got rescued. And then he comes and attacks the entire native village and the crew all at the same time. And that was supposed to be a very big part of the movie.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the the gorilla in the room. Um, Kong is hard to look at. And I... I I, we, I need to meet this movie where it is, obviously. So I think from a technical aspect, it is very impressive how they make King Kong work cinematically. I think genuinely this is a technical marvel. And I really appreciate like the dedication that they put to make this work. But those eyes were there. They just needed to do something different with those eyes, man. I did not like that.
1: Yeah. Also, you can recognize that this movie is extremely impressive for 1933. Doesn't hold a candle to anything 1950s for. Just doesn't. Yeah. It does not hold up. It can't. It can't do it. So, like, I think it's hard to appreciate how difficult it was to achieve what they did without... I mean, you just can't. We're, u- we're just used to more now. It's like being impressed by Morse code. Be like, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's not good enough. Yeah. So, and like- so,
0: like, there are lots of shots in this movie that I found genuinely impressive. Like, anytime uh Kong was holding Anne, and because... Anne would be actively struggling in one hand. So that had to be a real practical hand for her to struggle in. But then Kong is also doing something with his other hand. And so that had to be the stop motion animation. And so having those two things layered on top of each other, I thought was always cool to watch when it happened. And right. when Kong would like stomp on other cre like there were there were a few shots of him like stomping on people. And those shots I always felt like were done really well. So I really like this movie from a technical aspect. But from a technical aspect can only get you so far. Um, yeah, the gorilla
1: fights like a dude. There's <laughs> wrestling moves. There's a real neck choke. This thing's throwing punches, like left, right, uppercut. It's it's pretty wild. I will say the fight scenes are a lot more doable than... Because obviously when they made this, they made a bunch of different practical stuffed gorillas. The ones where you don't see the face are the convincing ones. When they do close-ups yes. on the face it's what takes me out of it more than the rest of it. It, it, what reminds me, Oh yeah, totally forgot about that thing. So I think when you don't see Kong's face, it looks a lot better. Anyway,
0: I, I also found so, it funny. Um, this is, this is a bit of a pivot. I found it funny that the movie opens with the, the title screen says King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. And I'm like, what a massive cold shot that is like uh, last I checked uh wonders of the world weren't alive uh so it's kind of crazy that you think King Kong's gonna be the next one of those um and also, I don't know if I've ever heard him referred as that before. maybe that's just an old thing I haven't caught up on, but like I would love like if they ever do like another like Godzilla versus Kong and they're like, how, how is Godzilla going to stop him? That's the eighth wonder of the world right there.
1: I mean, I feel like back in the day, that's just how they said something was amazing. Yeah. To be like, oh my gosh, it's like the eighth wonder of the world. Now that's like such an antiquated reference, it just doesn't mean anything.
0: I feel like P.T. Barnum also used the eighth wonder of the world yeah, pretty frequently. Yeah, definitely. I Th- was thinking that the exact sounds same thing. familiar. It's just
1: a phrase from way back when. Like I bet you Tesla and and um, uh, Edison, the other one, the bad guy. Edison, I bet you they <laughs> used the exact same terminology when they were working on their stuff. It's just something from the age. It's whatever. It what it's. I will say there's a couple things that I'm like. I didn't. These guys don't sound too different from us. I think the whole time you know exactly what they're saying.
0: Yes, for sure. Which is nice um,
1: compared to like Gone with the Wind when it's like Southern draw. And I'm like, I don't know what half these words
0: mean. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I would like to say I shouldn't have had to pay for this movie. That's absurd. Yep. Like. Yeah. It should
1: be free somewhere.
0: Somewhere. Like, <laughs> I, I think Tubi, that if I Google. What's going on, bro? I think that if I were to click rent, you know, Google Chrome just kind of steps in. It's like, are you sure? Like, like the, like they the, the library of YouTube Congress, like the library of Congress should be like, Hey, you can just watch this. I'm going to check the the website for the library of Congress. Hold on. We might've made a huge mistake. Hold on. Dude, um,
1: this sounds like something I would be on. Like you'd be scrolling through the channels as a kid and be on like PBS. Yeah. It should just be like available.
0: And I rented this movie on YouTube. And I did it on Prime. The reason I always bring up whenever I rent it on YouTube because it gives us the opportunity to look through the YouTube comments to see what other people think about this. And I like to pull (laughs) some of the more buck wild ones. Still the best King Kong film. For those who say the animation is bad, please remember this film was released in 1933, the year the Nazis and Adolf Hitler took over Germany. why do we have to bring that up? <laughs>
1: okay, dude. First of all, <laughs> let's get one thing straight. No one cares that it's old. It, I'm over, hey man, this looks good for the day. It doesn't look good though. You know? See, like, When we talk about Shakespeare, no one says, hey, this is good for the day. We just all agree Shakespeare's good, you know? Yeah. Shakespeare's good. You don't have to, like, I wouldn't know if it holds up, because sometimes you just don't understand it. But we all agree, hey, Shakespeare is a talent, okay? This movie, I can understand it. It does not hold up. It doesn't. I don't know if it's good. To be honest... I know it was set like box office records back then, but that's because three movies came out a year. Okay. Yeah. And this movie is not good. It's not.
0: Uh, the next comment I wanted to pull, there's a bunch of BS beforehand, but I do want to bring up the point at the end of the comment where he says, let's not even raise Kong's lack of genitalia or how his species perpetuated itself for centuries without any other members of it in evidence. Hey man.
1: You gotta, you gotta it, love the guy who brings up semantics.
0: <laughs> it's a movie, you know that, right? I like, dude. Sorry, I don't want to see. Ki- I don't want to see King Kong's wiener. And like, I, I, I'm not worried about his species survival. He's a Bruh. giant monkey. I think he's got it figured out.
1: <laughs> hey, man, there's dinosaurs on this island. Okay, there's dinosaurs. They also brought just enough gas to knock this thing out. For the entire boat ride home and not kill it. And not feed it anything. You're gonna need to just just, you know, what is that? Just uh, something your disbelief. Suspend you suspend. Disbelief. It's just like you're it's a movie, bro. That's here, okay. You know what? We just struck a pet peeve, bro. Anytime anyone says something about Fast and Furious, hey bro, you know what you signed up for. It's a three-story <laughs> monkey, bro. Get over it. <laughs> You know what you signed up for. People go to Fast and Furious, the new, there's going to be a new one that comes out. People go there and be like, oh my gosh, this is even crazier than the last one. Hey, bro, you know what you signed up for. Stop being surprised.
0: Uh, um, I think at the end of the day, the best way to describe this movie.
1: We haven't even talked about the end of the fight scene. In the yeah. But everyone oh, knows that part. That's when he's like yeah. on the Empire State Building and the planes shoot at him. That's that,
0: at that point, I was so disinterested in what happened in the movie, I kind of forgot.
1: Also, that's the last 25 minutes. This is an hour and 45 minute movie. Yeah. And you can skip the first five minutes because it's yeah, overture it... and credits. There's an <laughs> this overture. Was back
0: before they, this was back before they realized that cinemas didn't need to be treated the same way that like theaters were. And people are like, oh, we need to give people five minutes so they can find their seats. No, you don't. Hey, man, you everyone has a pop-up they're just
1: waiting for this to start. You can cut the orchestra out.
0: And the thing that I see a lot in reference to this movie, and I think this movie genuinely is kind of like the blueprint of this uh, concept, is I think this movie is genuinely ahead of its time. Like, it broke yeah. a lot of technical barriers, and I think that it's very cool and should be respected for that. But later versions of this movie have opportunities to make this movie better. Uh, And by better,
1: I mean watchable. And by ahead of its time, it might have been ahead of its time by seven or eight years. Okay?
0: Let's not get (laughs) ahead
1: of ourselves. It's good on a technical level for its time for a little bit. Like, it had a head start, but, like, it's not way ahead of its time. Like there's some people who're like, "Wow, this movie's ahead of its time," and it came out in the '80s, and it's it would be good if it got re-released today. This movie came out in 1933. I bet you it still would have been good if it was released in 1943, and that's about as far as it goes. I don't um, know if our audience is going to be surprised or not, but I was. I don't think on so. Movie. I this is I a, a very
0: st- this is a very streetcar named Desire style review. Um, right. I I I think this is almost beat for beat like our general impressions of when we do decades month, there's always (laughs) one of these. There's always one of these that I'm going to appreciate on a cinematic level. And Alex just hates. And we come to terms with that. And we knock that one out of the way early. All right. We're going to get another one later on that both of us hate that we probably should appreciate on a (laughs) cinematic level. Like last year, that was modern (laughs) times. This year, I have a few <laughs> ideas of what it could be. It could actually be any of them. Um,
1: we're going to get so, caught off guard.
0: <laughs> so I just want to let you guys know where we're standing right now. We are on course for how Decades Month usually goes.
1: Um, I'll give my number first because it's going to be less of a surprise. Uh, It's a 3.75.
0: Yeah, mine is a five and a half. Golly, Craig. Okay.
1: I'll allow it, but that's high, my guy. That's high. That's higher than you gave the A-team. That's just downright disrespectful.
0: (laughs) Uh, Alex, and you know what? When you put it in perspective like that, I stand by it. (laughs) golly
1: i'm just looking back at all everything you gave a 5.5 or lower it is rough bro i you're telling me you would rather watch this movie again than minions yeah no dude i would watch minions three more times before i have to watch this movie again (laughs) all right Uh, well that was king kong it's uh our 1930s movie for decades um we we did a little forecasting into the future uh, we're not going to have time for 1930s, but like the next three years. Yeah. So, you know, I hope we left a good taste in your mouth.
0: I just want to say, hey, quick little team huddle. Uh, we talked about that movie for way longer than I thought for we were going to. Time. I'm impressed. I expected that to be a 10 minute conversation. We really milked the hell out of that one. Look at us go. <laughs> we're we're like real podcasters now. That's what's up. Um, Alex, what are we doing for the improv segment?
1: Well, before we move on to our improv segment, we have our next inappropriate question involving the parents.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Craig, at what point does your parents joking about sex, when do they become comfortable with that? Because I got a little dose of that. Because they asked me if I wanted to have any more kids, and I said, "I, I don't know, we're not sure. And they, uh... In a not so delicate way, hinted that we're going to continue to have sex and what happens, happens. Now, listen, bro. That's life. To be honest, it made me kind of... I thought it was funny because your parents are cool. Um, When did you get exposed to the sex is fun and cool things that adults do?
0: Well, let me tell you in... Well, as far as like them joking about sex around me, I don't know. Maybe like 15 or 16, something like that. I
1: thought you were going to say 5th grade or 6th grade.
0: Now... There was definitely a point where my mom was like driving me home from school or something when I was in like fourth grade or something, and we were on like she mentioned like you know having kids on accident or something, and I was like, how do you have kids on accident? Like why else would you do that? And she's just like, well, for f- for fun. And, like, as, a, as, like, a fourth grader, I'm like, that sounds stupid. Anyway, back to my McDonald's. Did that yeah, satisfy?
1: Yeah, that's good. I'm, I, I like that. Um, our improv segment this week, um, we're starting to classify them as classics. Those improv games that everyone in theater and, you know, improv communities and improv groups and troops have done before. And this one is called Q&Q, a.k.a questions with questions um we and i mean craig and i but you can play at home if you would like it's a very well-known game um we're gonna tell a story but we can only answer each other with a question aka the q and q um you'll you'll catch on quick audience you're you're a smart bunch uh craig you ready we can talk about anything um we can establish characters but i think it's gonna be more fun if we just figure it out um
0: sure yeah
1: I don't know, officer. Where were you on the night of the 13th?
0: Oh, where was I? You want to know where I was? Why do you want to know? You're playing coy with me,
1: aren't you? Why don't you just answer my question, huh, officer?
0: You think this is being coy? What other things do you think you could describe as being coy?
1: I feel like you're trying to get information out of me. Is that true?
0: Oh, you want... uh... uh... (laughs) (laughs) you think that i need information from a little pipsqueak like you
1: is this an interrogation should i have my lawyer present
0: oh you're fancy enough to have your own little lawyer i'm pretty sure
1: police are known for getting information out of criminals like me is that what's happening right now
0: oh you think that i'm smart enough and good enough at my job to get information out of people
1: you think that
0: I think you're
1: smart?
0: If you do think that I'm smart, do you think that you could tell my mom about that? She doesn't really have a high image of me.
1: You think I want to involve your parents in even more of our conversations in this entire podcast? Cox You gunned. think that
0: my pa- <laughs> What?
1: <laughs> okay, listen. It was getting a little deep there. I said we switched the scene. This is going to be a long podcast at all. So, I think we should do another one and now that we got okay. the feel for it we got a little warmed up in yeah. war zone that was our pregame lobby um okay i got another one are you telling me i'm not pretty enough to be your girlfriend
0: you think that beauty is the only thing that i consider in our relationship
1: are you telling me you didn't notice that girl walking past us and
0: do, you know
1: I'm not, that's where the sentence ends. i guess
0: do you think that one girl walking past is enough to drive a wedge between us
1: does our last 17 years mean nothing?
0: Is 17 years that is 17 years long enough for you? Don't you want more? Are you even interested in me anymore? Do you think that I would ever be able to lose interest in someone like you? Don't you know how much you're worth?
1: Are you confused? Don't you think I know how valuable I am? <laughs>
0: My favorite, my favorite part of this game, and it happens in casual settings too, is when people kind of don't know where to take it, so they just kind of start smacking the same question back and forth, like rewording it, it a with, little bit. Do
1: you think? Do you yeah.
0: think? Do you I don't know? Think? Do you think?
1: Do you think? Like, I don't
0: know. Maybe you should just tell me what you think. Man, crazy. Hey, this is why. Listen, I man. Thought that was cue
1: about- and kill.
0: It's never coming back. <laughs> it's, listen, it's an improv segment.
1: It might be a classic. It maybe shouldn't be. Okay? Maybe it's a lot like King Kong. It was good for the time, but we've we've evolved since then.
0: I think about this a lot when I brainstorm improv segments. I think about theater games a lot and how to like incorporate them here. But what you don't understand until you're in the thick of it is theater games thrive on the energy. That theater kids bring to an atmosphere when they are being played. Now, Alex and I, although former theater kids are 400 miles apart on an internet call without video. So the theater kid energy (laughs) is a little lacking.
1: I think there's a couple of things that would be better. If we had more people, like if we had guests or fans who want to contribute, if we were in person and could physically interact with each other and had a video component to our podcast, then we could do the whole thing like the freeze game and Q&Q and just like yes and back and forth. And I think it'd be riveting content. I think now it's watching two, you know, men in their quarter life crisis effortfully trying to keep the wheels on this thing as we push forward to the segment and as the segment ends i think we have to start another question okay um when would have been the perfect time for you and andrew to move out from the i
0: think i moved out at a good time i i think for them i think i moved out at good times because okay i moved out right after high school and mm-hmm. went to college <clears throat> And then we moved across the country and I stayed with them until I established residency. And then I got my own apartment like two years after that. So like the chunks that I spent with them, I think it'd be kind of crazy if they would be like, Hey, we're moving across the country. Come with us and find your own apartment (laughs) immediately.
1: Fair point. Fair point.
0: So for me, I, I can only speak for myself. And then again, Andrew, you know, he did. He he's you know doing the same thing where like he moved out right after high school, and then we moved across the country, and then he did his deployment, and then it's like reestablishing things. So like I think there's an ebb and flow that Andrew has as well. So that's as far as I'm willing to go. Sure. Nice. What do you got for our middle segment? I have another iteration of Doom to fail. This one. The Um Actually Edition. Now, there is a web show that I love. It's one of my favorite shows on the internet called Um Actually. It's made by College Humor. And basically, what I did was I just ripped the whole thing. And I want to give <laughs> proper credit because I cannot express how much I am ripping the whole thing. So, the way this works is I have prepared a few false statements about pop culture and it is up to you to identify what is wrong with that statement and correct me does that make sense this is gonna be the
1: hardest doom to fail i've ever done
0: (laughs) yes um let's i'm starting us off with an easy one um because it's a movie that we watched for the podcast this is about scott pilgrim versus the world okay in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Scott must fight and defeat Ramona's seven evil ex-boyfriends in order to continue to date Ramona. Despite there being seven ex-boyfriends, there are only six battles because Ramona once dated twins, so they were both battled at once.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds right. <laughs> but I know it's not. Now, here's what here's what my brain's doing. Was it really seven? Okay. Um, I want to say that's the, I'm um, actually part. There was definitely twins though. So so
0: you're going to say that seven is the wrong number.
1: Seven is the wrong number. I'm going to go six. Okay. And that the twins were like four and five and five and six or something like that.
0: Um... That is incorrect. There are seven evil exes. The problem is they're not all ex-boyfriends. There is one ex-girlfriend. And that is a point that they make a few times during the movie where Scott is like seven evil ex-boyfriends and Ramona's like, no, seven evil exes. There's a girl in there, too.
1: Gotcha. I, it was something to do with the numbers. The numbers, Mason.
0: Yeah. Um, now we reach the uh, good luck section. Oh, great. <laughs> great. All right. uh, in Dead Space, while investigating a distress call from the USG Ishimura, <laughs> Isaac Clark and the crew of the USG Kellyan are met with a much bigger problem than a technical failure. A majority of the crew of the Ishimura has been turned into hostile, zombie like creatures by an alien artifact called the Marker.
1: Okay. The Marker is a great name. I want to know if you made that up or not. Um, Okay. Did you name the ship or something? Or
0: you gotta plant a flag somewhere,
1: dude. The problem is, is you named so many things (laughs) that I got (laughs) lost. I caught like Isaac Clark, dead space. Yeah. Uh huh. And then my brain just went blank. I'm gonna say the actually. it's not known as the marker. It's known as something else.
0: Okay. Uh, good guess. You're kind of circling around the thing, but that is incorrect. Uh, the orig- There is an alien version of the marker, but the marker that specifically infects the USG Ishimura is not alien. It is, in fact, man-made. They, uh, humankind found this marker. They're like, this is kind of sick. And then they made their own and turned a bunch of people into zombies. Nice. Love that. All right.
1: Yeah. This is going to be the worst Doom to Fail I've ever done.
0: (laughs) Next question. Easily. In the the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the titular Rocky is an alien scientist that creates a living being named Frankenfurter, a man that would go on to sleep with both of our protagonists.
1: Okay. I saw this movie. I want to say when Glee did the episode about it.
0: And that was back in like 2011. So 12 years ago. (laughs) Right
1: mad scientist creates a you said a what
0: um it just he creates a living man
1: okay and he sleeps with the protagonist huh yeah uh no um actually he sleeps with only one of the protagonists uh
0: that is incorrect I said that he did the I said that the scientist was named Rocky and Frankenfurter was the man that he made. Uh, That's flipped around. Frankenfurter Uh, is the mad scientist and Rocky is the genetically engineered human.
1: That makes a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. The reason I made that question was because I've made that same mistake for a very long time. I'm like, yeah, of course Tim Curry is the titular character of the movie. Why wouldn't he be? And instead, it's this hunky little hunky hunk boy um next question
1: would be happy if i got one of these
0: uh you won't next question in the legend of zelda breath of the wild despite being asleep for a hundred years there are still some people in hyrule that remember and recognize link as the hero of time while he is only legend to most people pura robbie and the elder zora all remember link distinctly
1: okay you said a hundred years yeah suspicious and then you named a bunch of people who remember him. That's yeah. also suspicious. Uh huh. Golly, if I only. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the hundred years is legit. I'm gonna say um actually those are not the people that remember Link.
0: Uh, they are. I referenced Link as the hero of time. He's not the hero of time in Breath of the Wild. That was Ocarina of Time. In Breath of the Wild, he's referred to as the champion of Hyrule.
1: Oh. That's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Golly. (sighs) I'm one of the wrong things.
0: Oh, God. I need to
1: get one. I need to get one. I need to go back to multiple choice.
0: We're going to do our last question. And uh, just like in the Um Actually show, the last question, as always, involves real life skills. For most people, choosing between a hot and cold shower comes down mostly to personal preference, but there are some health benefits to both. Taking a cold shower helps you recover from a workout, relieves itchiness in the skin, and boosts your immune system, while warm showers help you relax your muscles, clear respiratory symptoms, and keep you alert when taken in the morning.
1: Okay. you said one cold shower thing that I don't believe is true. You said one hot shower thing that I don't believe is true. I don't know if they help you alert, keep you alert in the morning, and the cold shower... Did you say boost your immune system? Correct. What name the three things that align to cold showers.
0: Recover from a workout, relieve itchiness in the skin, and oh. boost your immune system. One of these
1: I'm gonna say. Actually, cold showers don't boost your immune system.
0: Alex, you should have gone with your gut. Hot showers do make again. you sleepy. Mother. <laughs> I knew it, bro. <laughs> i I knew it uh i got all that information from an insider article in case you wanted my source on that one specifically um but (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah warm showers uh if you take a hot shower like 20 minutes before bed then it helps you fall asleep way easier
1: gotcha all right uh another question involving the rents yeah um who would you rather have on the podcast and why
0: I think my dad would be more down to clown. Like, I think that he, like, gets the image better. I think we might get some funnier content out of mom because, like, I think she just says some out-of-pocket stuff sometimes. (laughs) And I think if we catch her on a good day, we might be able to get some good clips out of that. (laughs) Okay. All
1: right. All right. I'll take it. Um, we're going on to a one hit wonder, you know, as a segment that never comes back, whether you like it or not, we're doing verbose vernacular. It's a little improv game that I created with Craig, because I don't know what I'm doing, where we create a scene and one of us describes something that normal people do. And the other person reminds them that there's actually a better phrase or word associated with that. And of course, they made it up on the spot. I'm sure you'll catch on as we do it. Craig, do you feel comfortable? going ahead and starting
0: yeah and if this feels familiar and like we've done it before shut up anyway let's move on Um, (laughs)
1: maybe we have uh tell us the episode then super fan
0: yeah all right um hey alex uh i just uh got back from work and i was curious if you could help me out with something
1: oh work you mean the old nine to five board job yeah i'll help you out bud
0: I mean, I really like my job. I don't think you need to refer to it like that, but I guess, okay, not the point. Um, I just, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm really stuck. Like, I just hate my commute so much, and I wish that there was, like, an oh, easier way commute, to commute, get...
1: you old thing. We call that the zoom, zoom, bang, bang.
0: Do you? <laughs> yeah, are you proud of that one? <laughs> I guess. Okay, anyway. Hey, yeah, man. it's like...
1: How about, can we maybe, like, carpool together? I know your Zoom Zoom Bang Bang is pretty long, and I think if we collaborated, we could make it a lot better.
0: Oh, you want to carpool? You mean Zoom Zoom Tube together?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hey, man. All I'm saying is I got a new car, and uh, it lets you tow a motorcycle behind it, and that person can just, like, chill with the safety of you ahead. I just got a bike, and I was wondering if you could drive my car while I just ride in the back.
0: Oh, you want me to tell your motorcycle? You mean your lane-changing crash machine?
1: That's the one. I totally forgot about that word. Golly, <laughs> you just keep up with the kids, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Um, uh, I just want to say that, like, when we do go together, like make sure you stay a good influence around the kids. Like last time you were just vaping all around them. And like, they started coughing really bad. So just like, Oh, if
1: you could just, you said vaping, dude, no one said that in years. Now we call it bloken blowing smoke and taking tokes. For some reason we made vaping so much longer, but it makes it sound <laughs> way. <cooler.
0: laughs> You're right. How foolish of me. <laughs>
1: Listen, we don't need to do this segment forever, but I'm having fun. (laughs) This is a long podcast. Actually, we're going to cut it short. I promise you, I want that one to come back. Give us Uh, any reason. Give me any reason at all, and we'll bring it back.
0: Was it the episode we did with Ben where we tried to do tongue twisters, and we just goofed? No. (laughs) No. There was an That's episode we did with too. Ben where we were talking gibberish and we just lost it. <laughs> we lost the plot in like 90 seconds and then just the bit became us laughing at our own stupidity. That's <laughs> this again. Congrats. We found it again.
1: Oh man, dude, it's fun. It's been a while. That was like a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Um.
1: What? So my last question um, oh, yeah, duh. for the, uh, for the parents, right? Um, yeah. I'm going to throw a little would you rather in there, a little awkward would you rather. Um, So this one would be, would you rather have to um cuddle with your mom for two hours in order to go to sleep every night or have your dad walk you through every single new activity you have to learn DIY? Come on, son, let me show you how to do it Uh every time you try to learn something new.
0: I think, I think the correct I mean... If we're just chatting, the the question is, like, what defines a new thing? Like, if I start a new game, like, does the tutorial appear in the form of my the father? The tutorial
1: is your dad. Yeah. Come on. Sit on my lap, Sonny. Let me show you how a real man does this. Now, this right here is your controller. And every time you want your character to move forward, this is you're going to press this button for dodge. That's important. You're going to re- need to remember that for later. I remember when I was oh, your age. Oh, man. Um, I was real confused about which button, A, B, got him confused all the time. And remember, right trigger is for sprint. All right. I remember, actually, this reminds me of the time when your grandfather was. I think,
0: was- <laughs> listen, I just think at the end of the day, I think that one's the more, the less taxing option, I think. <laughs> because I do like not living with my parents. And I feel like the first option you gave me makes that more difficult.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I guess your dad could always do it over the phone.
0: Yeah, sure. All right. Anyway, uh, we, can we move on? I hate you this.
1: Sure can. Free balling, dude. Um, this is where we talk about all the media that we consumed, video games, TV shows, movies, music, whatever, floats your boat, um, that we did in our off time because we're human beings. We live lives. Uh, Craig, you got anything?
0: Yeah. So I watched this new Liam Neeson movie called Marlowe. Um, it is a 1930s detective mystery movie. And it is plucked right out of the era. Like, I think this is the most faithful period piece that I've seen in a very, very long time. Like, I watch this movie and I think this movie could have been made in 1939. And that comes with all the pros and cons <laughs> that one could imagine. For example,. Oh, no. There's plenty of famous people in this movie. Liam Neeson, Diane Kruger, Jessica Lange. Like, you know, you got some good people in here. Gun to my head. I could not tell you a single character name outside of the titular Marlowe. And Alex, there's a lot. It's one of those movies where, like, he goes and interviews one person who answers in circles, so he has to interview another person that answers in circles, so he has to interview another person that answers in circles, and then he shoots a guy, and then he asks another question that gets answered in circles, and I'm like, "All right, okay." Golly, um, dude. I think it's charming. I it's pretty boring, and I like. I want to get that out of the way. It's pretty boring. I was interested in what was happening though and i think that that says a lot where like i'm like i'm just i'm desperate to follow the plot of this movie no matter how difficult this movie makes it um it's one of those things that you don't need to go see it in theaters wait until it's streaming on something and if you don't like it then i don't blame you at all it's a it's a flat six for me
1: gotcha I it was watched.
0: nice to see Liam Neeson not do a generic, stupid action movie, just though. Just doing
1: so, Liam Neeson stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is a nice, refreshing change of pace. Did it sound like Liam Neeson had just read the words on page 45 seconds before they said action? Sometimes. But, Oof. you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Alex, what do you got?
1: Uh, I watched one of my favorite comedians' uh, specials. Uh, it's Andrew Santino's. um, His special is called Cheeseburger on Netflix. Um, I was a little disappointed. I had high expectations. I remember his first special I saw. He filmed it in Chicago. Can't remember what it was called. It was all right. Um, This one, he's been doing comedy for like, I want to say 15 to 20 years, a while. Um, It's hard because I watch two of his podcasts every week. He does one called Bad Friends and one called um, Whiskey Ginger. So I get a lot of his content.
0: Now, you've discussed before this inverse relationship you have with comedians, where if you like their podcast, you typically don't like their stand up. So I think this chart matches the
1: movie exceptions. Yeah. Great podcaster. And this hurts me because if he's never going to hear this, but I like him a lot. Um, His stand ups just not for me. Um, I gave it a shot. I watched the whole thing. I know why it's called cheeseburger. You kind of need to watch it to get it. Um, it's just, it was funny. I just wasn't dying. Um, like the other, you know, ups that I watch and it's tricky because there is an inverse relationship. There's a couple of ones that I break through. Uh, Joe list has broken through to me. Uh, bill Burr has broken through and that might be it. It's a short <laughs> list. It's a I mean there might be one or two I'm just I can't think of off the top of my head. And I know a hundred to two hundred comedians and that's it. And I think he's just one of those great podcasters, and stand up's just not for me. So and if here's the thing if I am not in love with your specials, I can't buy tickets to your show. Because then I'm only going there to kind of see you. And by see you, I mean like be around you, like pay for meet and greets and stuff. Um, but I just don't think that's rational. I think that's weird. I think that's like glorifying celebrity. So if I just don't love your stand stand-up I, that means I'm probably not going to see him unless he's like opening or he, or his, Oh, I become in love with his opener or he does like a festival or something. But I would say people should watch out for it. it I think it's good. I think it's like a six and a half for me, but it could be an eight for a nine for some people. It could be like a four or five for others. It's not bad by any means. I just like I had higher expectations because I love them.
0: Yeah, yeah but that was Andrew for sure.
1: Santino's Cheeseburger on Netflix.
0: All right, Alex, what are we doing next week?
1: Next week, nineteen forties movie. We're doing. I mean, the late, the great, top ten movies all time. Citizen Kane.
0: Do you know? I the I mean, spoiler if this, for this movie?
1: doesn't like. Ch- no, I don't. Which is crazy. Oh, no, you should because we did the Orson Welles movie. Mank. Mank, yeah, last year, two years ago. I don't know anything about this movie.
0: That's crazy. Mank is the reason why I know the spoiler for Citizen Kane. And it's, I, I don't know. May, maybe I just remember the stupid parts of movies. <laughs> yeah,
1: so we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited about it. Um, Yeah, dude. I If this lets me down, it's going to set a weird trend for the rest of the month. Yeah, because this is supposed to be incredible.
0: Like what? Like what do we do after this?
1: I mean, we have good movies lined up for the rest of this month. We're, I mean, these are hitters after hitters after hitters. But this is supposed to be the great one. It'd be like watching like the first season of Sopranos being like this is pretty mid. That's bad news for all other TV, you know, like if you started watching Breaking Bad and you just didn't get it, you just that's everyone hates you now. So <laughs> I need this to work. For us to, like, not lose complete credibility. Um, but, you know, that's the next week problem.
0: I agree. But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom, Craig, I said hi.
0: I'll find a way, don't worry. See you next week.
1: <laughs> Love you, Mom.